Hello, everybody. Welcome to Web and Beyond Live. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. I am president of W3 Consulting and managing director of W3C Web Services. And so welcome, everybody, to this Web and Beyond Live for August 15th. August 17th, August 17th, 2020. Um, I hope you're all doing well. And uh, this is Web and Beyond Live, which is uh, my opportunity to have a conversation with you all about all the things that are happening in the world of digital marketing for small business. And so today I have a kind of an action-packed episode. I'm gonna be trying something new in the sense that I'll be actually bringing up articles on screen, hopefully to kind of make this a little bit more interesting than just uh, staring at me for <laughs> 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, but what I wanted to do is cover the big stories of the week that I have thoughts about, and then we will um, get into our social media news for the month. So I try to aggregate all of the various social media updates each month into one episode, even though it'll be spattered out throughout the month, you know, in terms of other things happening. But I try to concentrate all the kind of general updates uh, regarding all the platforms together in one episode. So that's what we're going to do today. So Let's start with, and I'm actually uh, live streaming to uh, Periscope now. I'm not quite sure um, where or how <laughs> to see it myself while I'm live, uh, but I recently added the functionality to be able to live stream to uh, Periscope also. So hopefully uh, those of you who are um, perhaps uh, seeing me for the first time on uh, Periscope, uh, can do so. So welcome if you're uh, if you're watching from Periscope or Twitter, and uh, so that's kind of fun uh, to have a new um, uh, you know live stream or another platform available to where you are seeing me. So I'm looking forward to watching that back myself and just looking for feedback in terms of that um, new platform to to live stream to. So. Uh, currently, you can see me on YouTube uh, live, you can see me on Facebook live, and now you can see me on Twitter live or Periscope, uh, which it was what, 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 which is what it was formerly. Okay, so uh, let's let's get into uh, the news today, which is uh, we, we have a whole bunch of things going on in the world of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I just wanted to touch base on it because it's probably important for me to keep paying attention uh, to this. And so therefore it's important for you to be paying attention to this. Uh, in essence, a, couple, a week ago, uh, the uh, CNBC put out this article on their small business playbook about the numbers showing a stunning reversal in the chances of Main Street's survival. And their key points in the article were that the pandemic is still going strong, unfortunately, and 64% of small business owners on Main Street are confident, I'm quoting here, are confident that they can survive for more than a year under current circumstances, according to a, a, a CNBC SurveyMonkey small business survey. Now, this is absurdly shocking to me, um, but it says that uh, that's nearly you know double the 34% that had that view in April. I think this is because uh, people have been seeing in the short term the numbers not necessarily changing because there has been economic stimulus. There have been these benefits that have been um, being given to uh, people and 
we're kind of on the end of that, right? So uh, PPP, the the EIDLs, all of those have kind of ended and unemployment benefits have now ceased. Uh, I know that Congress is in the process of attempting to negotiate that, but they're on, as I understand it, they're on a month long hiatus. Uh, so in that interim, what we're gonna see is this huge dearth of, of income that would normally be put into the economy which means that it's all gonna go away, which means that now we don't have that option. Um, so I'm, I'm a little nervous about this, uh, this very positive sentiment. I, I'm not out here to be a pessimist. I'm actually quite the optimist. Uh, but my big concern is that there's a little bit too much over-optimism, over-confidence in the fundamentals of the economy that are not letting us be prepared for the fact that we are in a state where we have a, a roiling and rolling set of uh, of pandemic, right? So the, the coronavirus is um, sporadically impacting different regions of the country and the world. And because it's happening in such a sporadic nature, it's going to have this protracted economic uh, impact on us. Uh, we need to be very, very cautious about putting too much optimism on ourselves in terms of survival. Um, the way in which I have read the tea leaves, the way in which I've been reading the numbers, is that the economic downturn is going to be uh, long and hard. And um, that means we need to be doing everything we can uh, to, uh, one, pivot. You know, if you're in retail sales, uh, be prepared for having to pivot multiple times and adjusting to both uh, reopening and further lockdowns and so on and so forth. For example, just this week, we see uh, several Northeastern states were on the down, uh, you know, downtick in terms of two week uh, infection rates for COVID-19, uh, for the coronavirus that is. Uh, and uh, yet in other parts of the country, uh, we see, uh, you know, stark increases. So it's different in different parts of the country, but that also means that uh, from a supply chain issue, uh, from a, an entertainment and travel perspective, we're going to see lots and lots of unknowns happening. So we can't predict, um, you know, what's going to happen in three to four weeks uh, because there's just so much going on in different parts of the country, and we're we're all connected in that way. You know, if a truck driver who's carrying stuff from one part of the country comes up to to another state and um, somehow transmits um, you know virus or can't because uh, he or she is sick and can't bring um, you know product from one place to another that's all impacting us and so I, I just I have a very very kind of unfortunate tenuous um, knot in my stomach from all of this analysis I, I know that Yahoo Finance put out an article talking about how you know, there's, this is going to be kind of a, a little blip in in uh, in this quarter, and that we'll see a uh, rebound after that. And uh, and so I I just don't buy it. I, I'm 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 very very um, realistic when it comes to the fact that we're going to have a prolonged uh, economic downturn um, over the large, you know, scale stuff over the macro uh, economic uh, outlook um, from your individual businesses perspective, what you need to do is to figure out how you are going to make yourself flexible and adaptive in this state. That's my big concern for everybody is how are you going to be flexible and adaptive in this state of constant change? And, you know, my stance is going to be uh, get as much digital as you can. And we're going to talk about some of those things like this article from Forbes, 
I'm going to try and bring this up on screen so you can see it with me. No, I want it to be bigger. There we go. Uh, so <laughs> uh, what we have here is an article from Forbes. And what they talked about was the three emerging e-commerce growth trends to leverage in 2020. And here are my thoughts on this. Uh, so of course, uh, COVID-19 has, uh, the pandemic has shifted e-commerce. Uh, we are seeing more and more e-commerce. I think that some of this will stick, some of this will stay. But the article enforced a couple of really interesting things. And I will put links to all of these in uh, below the video so you'll be able to access uh, the articles that I'm talking about. But first and foremost, this is something I've been talking about for a long time. Now, the article is talking about this in a little bit more of a sophisticated fashion than I'm really talking about. So if you are a small business owner and you want to be able to do what they call personalized commerce, they're saying that's the next frontier. Um, it has been the frontier. <laughs> so I, I disagree with the idea that this is some you know, grand new uh, world. Uh, in essence, when you personalize someone's uh, retail experience, whether that be in person or online, you're going to have a better sales result. And what they're talking about here is using technology to be able to uh, display more personalization for visitors. Uh, so taking their browsing behavior, what they've done on the website, what they've done in terms of purchase history, understanding demographics, where they're coming from, that kind of thing, and changing the uh, the visuals of the uh, of the digital retail experience for people. Now, from my perspective, um, I don't think you need to be that fancy in order to be able to get real results. When you look at your customers, think about them in terms of buckets. They are buckets of groups of, of visitors to your website. And what you need to do is you need to channel them down very quickly upon entry to your website. So if they come to your homepage and you have say, maybe three general areas of people who, to whom you sell to, then uh, to whom you sell. What you want to do is have three big options for those people to self-select into that digital commerce experience. From that point, then you now have the ability to say, "Well, if you want this kind of content, then you're going to go down this path." And it's a choose-your-own-adventure book. This doesn't take a lot of, it just doesn't take any special technology. All it takes is you just um, thinking about the intent of the buyer when they walk through your front doors, that is the, the front page of your website, and archetyping the site to lead them down customized content. So if you're selling to, uh, say, uh, school administrators, principals, uh, to teachers, and then to parents, well, then you would have three different images on the front end of your website with some language that said, hey, are you a principal that's looking to buy X and Y for your school? You can then click on that image and now that content is tailored for someone who's a school administrator, right? Budgets and uh, discussion about, uh, you know, learning, uh, you know, uh, metrics and that kind of thing. Uh, the center one, if you're selling to teachers, then that would be talking about helping you as a teacher save time while still getting your students, uh, you know, educated well and being able to look good to your administrators. To the parents, you're speaking to their needs to be able to educate their children while saving time, saving money, and uh, being a better parent. Uh, that's the kind of personalized commerce that doesn't take any special technology, but it does require you to think before you put content onto your site. So really give some consideration here to the personalized commerce space, because as you tailor that content to the people you're, you're speaking to, um, that's gonna increase your overall 
sales bottom lines, okay? Uh, then they talk about, and this seems um, remarkably obtuse to me, but they talk about social commerce through celebrity endorsements. Um, I think in the small business space, uh, that's all but you know, kind of, I, you can ignore this. Um, we're not going around finding uh, celebrities, uh, but in the sense of social commerce, social commerce is the idea of selling directly on social networks or social platforms. And uh, there is more of this right now. We have Facebook shops, we have Instagram shops and so on and so forth. So from that perspective, I think we are in a new paradigm and I'm still uh, developing my thoughts around how small businesses should be uh, interacting and engaging on social commerce. Uh, I, I still think that there is a, a place for establishing authority and validity and brand, and there's a place for buying. And um, the two mix on occasion. And I think there's a place in social commerce, uh, you know, for that. But uh, for the most part right now, I'm very concerned about having a social network like Facebook, uh, which owns Facebook and Instagram, control your entire uh, digital retail experience. Uh, if they decide to shut you down, uh, you go away, and so does your income flow. So having a your digital retail experience offsite on your own website that you own and operate and you're capable of controlling means that even if Facebook shuts you down, you're not going to get your uh, primary income flow, uh, the spigot just to be shut off on you know and you know without your control. I'm 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 still very concerned about that, and I'll continue to keep giving some. Uh, guidance in that regard. And then finally, they talk about interactive product visuals. And I think this is actually really, really interesting in terms of uh, things to think about. Uh, something that I've been talking about for quite some time is this idea of uh, putting in, like they talked about, uh, 360 degree uh, customer uh, uh, product visuals. And there are a couple of applications out there. Uh, one I'm bringing up on screen for you to see. This one's called Imageize. And you're actually capable of going ahead and creating uh, three-dimensional uh, videos. Uh, they're not videos, they're images uh, that you can uh, interact with and display the product. So in this case, Imageize gives you the ability to be able to take this these photographs of your product, and then you can uh, spin them around. People can interact with them in all kinds of, of fun things. Um, and then here, this one's uh, Web Rotate. Now, Imageize has a monthly fee. Uh, if you refer enough people, then you get a free account. You know, you get free, you get uh, discounts on the services monthly. Uh, so that can be very beneficial. Uh, Web Rotate is a free product up to I think four um, products that you can display on on your site. And what I like about it is that you can, uh, you know, you don't need any specialized equipment. Just uh, you know, your 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 iPhone or or Android uh, phone to be able to take. Uh, photographs, and then the software stitches together the 360 degree view, and you can do it in 360 or 3D. Uh, so you can see here that um, it loads the three dimension, and you can see now I can uh, rotate the image in three dimension. Okay, so this is incredibly rich media for you to be able to have your customers be brought into the environment so that even if they are not uh, in person, they can still get a really great uh, experience with your products, right? You want them to basically be able to uh, have that kind of rich media interactive experience, even if you're live with them. This would be really helpful because then you can bring up on your screen the the more you know kind of well lit, beautiful. Uh, 360 product photography and give people a good uh, experience behind it all. Um, I think this is, as I said, free for up to four products, and then uh, and then they charge some flat rate fee for the product, the the, the 
um, software itself. So it ends up being something like $400 and then you own the software and you can produce as many products presumably as you want to. Uh, the one thing about WebRotate is that they have plugins for uh, the various platforms. So if you're on WooCommerce with WordPress, uh, Magento, they've got Shopify and Joomla and Squarespace and Weebly and Wix. So they have these plugins built for uh, major uh, e-commerce platforms. So it's really nice to be able to have in terms of, of that. Uh, so I uh, just wanted to kind of uh, give you some uh background in terms of that third frontier that they really were talking about in terms of really um, what we should be thinking about in terms of e-commerce, right? We should be thinking about personalization. Uh, you can use all kinds of really fancy software, but really just think about the way your site is archetyped. Uh, think about social commerce. How is it that you're going to sell directly on uh, social media? Are you gonna put links to products directly, right? So in Facebook, pages, you can have a link uh, where you can take people directly to a shop that's off-site, um, or you're going to have the Facebook shop or Instagram shop directly on there. Are you going to do uh, trunk shows or product demos on your Facebook page and site uh, during in live streams, uh, like this kind of live stream? And are you going to be able to do more interactive product visuals if you're in uh, the consumer product space or, you know, if you're, you're doing any kind of of product sales, how are you really going uh, to do that? Okay, all right, moving right along, I wanted to just uh, note that WordPress has uh, finally released WordPress 5.5. And so I know a lot of you uh, listening and watching are using WordPress, uh, and I'm a big WordPress fan, uh, being that we host WordPress websites, obviously that's the case, uh, but <laughs> um, 5.5 brings uh, just a couple of really, really powerful features. One is it brings lazy loading to images. So if you are trying to uh, you know, get your site speed up, this is a really great way to do that for users. Uh, so what happens is with lazy loading, it means that it doesn't load the images, it puts, puts the placeholder space in the, in the uh, pages loading, uh, but then it loads the images only when the person scrolls up to that point of the page and actually wants to consume that content. So it knows how to display that uh, loading of content so it doesn't weigh down the page. So someone who loads the, the page, they're going to see the images only that need to be seen at that time until they uh, scroll up. Next. They um, have finally, finally in 5.5 added sitemaps. Uh, so uh, now you don't need a third-party plugin in order to uh, produce a sitemap. If you don't know what a sitemap is, it's kind of the table of contents for your website that you tell Google and the other search engines uh, how your site is structured and what pages you're putting up and how often you're updating those pages. So those, those Google and Bing and so on and so forth, look at the uh, sitemap as a, as a vehicle for you to communicate with them what you want to be seen in the search engine. It's very, very powerful. And if you don't have your sitemap uh, you know, syndicated to Google Search Console and to, to Bing uh, Webmaster Tools and uh, to the other uh, search consoles, uh, make sure that you uh, go ahead and do that. And now in 5.5, it just produces it for you and you can go ahead and do that. Um, and last, but not least, I think this is probably the most powerful feature in 5.5, is now you can do automatic updates for plugins and themes. And so uh, now you can say, you know, I want you to just update all plugins and all themes anytime a new uh, plugin update or theme update comes around, and 5.5 gives you that functionality. So very, very cool. Uh, moving right along, uh, I might have noticed this notify. Uh, 
talked about this a few weeks ago, but if I hadn't, I'm going to talk about it now, uh, which is that Dropbox has launched a password manager, uh, computer backup, and a secure vault uh, technology uh, in their product suite. And uh, so now it's available. So if you use Dropbox, uh, then you have this new ability to have a password manager built in. Now, am I a big fan of Dropbox being uh, my password manager of choice? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I am I am uh, a one password, uh, I'm sorry, LastPass user. There's one password, there's Dashlane. There are bespoke password managers that do this really well. That's all they do. And so I trust their security uh, more than I would trust uh, that. Um, and Yes, uh, Robin's noting that it's great that WordPress is updated uh, to increase page speed and auto updates of plugins. Yes, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, thank you for commenting, Robin, and always good to see you. Um, and so uh, the the uh, Dropbox uh, password manager is uh, better than nothing, though. And that's kind of how I look at it. Um, from a computer backup perspective, I think that's great that we have um, computer backups now. Uh, because it's just good for uh, all of us to be doing some level of backups. I'm I'm hopeful that this is true backup and not just redundancy. There's a difference between doing a backup, which is a snapshot in time. Redundancy is like synchronization, right? So I might synchronize documents through Dropbox on multiple devices, but if I delete it in one place, it's deleting in the others. Backup is that there's a there's a, a space or a gap in time between when it was backed up so that if something were to happen, I could go to that backup and find it in some past time. And people sometimes conflate the, the, the difference. Uh, but if this is true backup, that's helpful if you're on the Dropbox platform. Uh, we're a Google sh shop, so you know we're using uh, G Suite to backup our devices, and we have external uh, what we call cold storage backups, which means that we're doing full backups of our, our systems and then disconnecting that from the internet. So if there's some kind of ransomware attack or anything like that, uh, we're not particularly concerned because we have those in a tertiary non-internet connected uh, space. And so just consider that as you're moving forward. And then of course the secure vaults is a, a, a type of password protection uh, space so that you can go ahead and uh, protect files from things like, you know, uh, hacking and so on and so forth. You'd have a pin associated with the do these documents. So you could put sensitive tax documents and other kinds of things in there. Uh, again, I'm I'm not a big Dropbox user. I have accounts, but we don't really use Dropbox as much. Uh, but I just wanted to put it on people's radars that it's available and whatnot. Um, moving uh, right along is, uh, yeah, let me, let me skip some things because we're running out of time and I just want to make sure I cover the news. And so, Let's hop over to our updates for social media. So I apologize, I've been I've been gabbing about all these other things, <laughs> uh, but there is some really important social media news that are that's out there, and maybe some of this will actually um, get pulled over into next uh, week's episode as well. So I will I will do a uh, social media news continued uh, in next week's Web and Beyond Live. But I did want to cover what I can cover in in the last few minutes we have together. Uh, so. Um, Twitter has uh, rolled out the ability for you to uh, see your direct messages in uh, your um, in your normal Twitter web interface. And so what happens now is you have the ability to go ahead and uh, open up the Twitter web interface and right there in the bottom right hand corner, you will now see the 
a little window. I can't open it for you because I have private messages in there, but <laughs> uh, there in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, you click on the little button and you'll see a little drawer open up, a little window open up where you'll see your uh, current DMs and you can go ahead and do that. Uh, LinkedIn has uh, uh, made an announcement that they're gonna be cutting 960 jobs from their workforce, which represents about 6% of it. Uh, so LinkedIn is open owned by, uh, by Microsoft, uh, but I guess because of, of falling demand in their recruitment and sales uh, components of LinkedIn, they are slimming their uh, global sales and talent acquisition teams. Uh, so this is just one of those uh, unfortunate uh, parts of the puzzle that um, is gonna get some trimming. And hopefully once this is all over, uh, those jobs will rebound. Hootsuite has brought the ability for you to go ahead and be able to schedule Instagram stories. So you can actually design Instagram stories now in the Hootsuite interface. You can schedule them and then it will pass that content to the Hootsuite mobile app. And in the Hootsuite mobile app will then allow you to launch Instagram's mobile application on you know, by a prompt, you know, you can say, uh, Tuesday at 10 a.m., I want to be able to post this Instagram story. It will then prompt you in the app, in the app, it will then launch the app for you and you can open it up and, and do the scheduling. So Instagram, uh, because of their API rules and Hootsuite following them very closely, uh, is not able to schedule Instagram stories completely directly. But now you have this facilitated approach where you can do a uh, part of it, which is really great. Um, I have been using an app called Storito, um, S-T-O-R-R-I-T-O, and Storito allows you to actually, uh, you know, design, uh, apply, not design, so you can upload images, you can then apply stickers and polls and, uh, you know, tag people and so on and so forth on the Instagram story and, and then schedule it out and it will do the rest. So that has been a huge, huge um, helper for me. There are several other applications that do that. The way in which they do it is is kind of skirting the Instagram rules a little bit by, I'm presuming what they do is they have a pool of devices and those devices are logging into the account and then uh, and then actually doing the, the software part on top of an actual phone uh, that, is, that is emulated. Um, so, there is software out there that can do it. I'm hoping that Instagram, that is Facebook, uh, you know, relinquishes their um, tight control over Instagram stories so that we're able to actually do these um, from a desktop very easily in the future uh, through something like Hootsuite so we can centralize those tools. Uh, but at the present moment, uh, we're not able to. Okay, next up is our, our I just wanna quickly cover the Facebook updates to the platform and then uh, next week, uh, I'm going to do the rest of our news because there's just so much here that I, I just didn't have time uh, today to get through it all. So uh, Facebook is uh, doing several things on the platform regarding Instagram shop and Facebook pay. So what this is, is that, uh, you know, we had Facebook shops launch. Now we have Instagram shop. And in essence, you can now sell products directly through Instagram. And we've talked about that a little bit. Um, you can take your pre-existing e-commerce platform, or you can create a catalog within the Facebook uh, business manager. And once you have all of those products in your Instagram account, you can then submit your shop for review, then they approve it. And so whenever uh, you enable shopping on it, you will then have uh, shopping tags, 
and stickers that help you uh, kind of get that into your feed on your Instagram posts and in your stories. So this is very, very powerful um, for those who have a very active and engaged Instagram following. So I'm very interested to see how that works. Uh, I have not seen a lot of information about Facebook pay. Uh, and so I'll be doing some research over the next several weeks about how Facebook pay is gonna be working in tandem with Instagram shop and your Facebook shops platforms uh, in the sense of being able to allow people to pay directly through the Facebook interface and platform. Um, you've gotten some new emojis on Facebook Messenger. And so there's some, there's some new updates there, um, not particularly in the suite of things that I care too much about. Uh, but in Facebook Messenger, you are now capable of using your fingerprint or face authentication using the um, app lock, okay? So now you'll be able to, uh, when your phone is unlocked, but app lock is on, Messenger will no longer show your content without you then unlocking the application. And so I'm very, very excited to have that level of security because if you are uh, handling business and client data and you're using Facebook Messenger on your website, right? You wanna be able to get that uh, you know, secure so that your client data isn't leaking should your phone uh, you know, be sitting in the cafe and someone takes it. You wanna be able to um, have confidence that your client communications are not being uh, utilized. It's currently gonna be available on iOS and they said that Android will be rolling out in the fall. I don't know what the fall means. Uh, time seems to just... Uh, <laughs> uh, be, uh, you know, weird to me right now, but I'm guessing that September, October, November timeframe uh, for Facebook. Now, which is really cool, you are now able to screen share uh, in the Messenger mobile application. Uh, so uh, this is going to be really, really powerful for those who want to be able to uh, screen share uh, with clients uh, content. Right. So say that you want to be able to show a client a document and go over that document with them. Now, if the if you are an active Facebook page user and you have uh, Facebook followers who are potential clients, you can now actually do, you know, product demos uh, if you're showing them something on on your mobile screen. And so this is actually really powerful. You'll be able to show photos, you know, with friends and that kind of thing. But I feel like there is a, a potential business um, element here um, for that. Um, if you're batch uploading uh, posts to Facebook, now you have some new layouts. Uh, so the platform has been testing out these new uh, visual layouts of content. So check them out. Just go to apply a new post. And when you go ahead and upload multiple images, you'll be given all of these fun new layouts based on the sizes of images and uh, when they're the portrait landscape, that kind of thing. And that's going to be fun there. Okay. Uh, I have a lot more to talk about regarding social media news, but we've reached the top of our our time together. So I want to be uh, respectful of our time together. And so I will uh, do a part two <laughs> next Monday, where we're going to cover more news that happened this week. And then we will cover the balance of our social media news for uh, what I was going to talk about for the rest of this week. Uh, so um, just a couple of notes here. Um, Robin uh, from Startup to Growth has noted that she's concerned specifically about Main Street uh, merchants across America. And uh, yeah, some are pivoting and doing okay. And many rural areas are um, uh, still all but ignoring the digital space for sales. And absolutely, Robin, I think we really need them to uh, focus on 
bringing themselves into this hybrid space where they navigate both online and offline uh, retail sales in a very similar fashion. They need to be able to uh, really be nimble to be able to jump back and forth between the two and bring those uh, together. Um, and she noted that so many restaurants are being hard hit uh, by the pandemic in small towns and her services clients on the other hand um, have been really good to pivot. So it sounds like that's that's really great um, to hear and I'm, I'm very thankful that they are paying attention. And so I want to really see um, everyone succeed in this environment. And that means being able to have a hybrid approach to their marketing. They can't just be solely offline today. They need to be able to have some level of online presence. And uh, that may mean different products, different services online than offline. Uh, it may, me may even mean having a completely different business uh, from the retail business um, in order to be able to, to make things work. You just have to kind of be uh, mindful of that in, in those regards. So. Um, with that, that brings us to the end of Web and Beyond Live uh, today with you. And so I thank you all for joining me here for Web and Beyond Live. Uh, if you've enjoyed the live stream, feel free to hit the thumbs up icon. That helps us make new small business friends. And so thank you for doing that. If you have a question, feel free to leave a comment on the video. You can also go ahead and tweet or uh, direct message me at W the number three consulting at W three consulting on Twitter. I'm here uh, most every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, US, and uh, we'll note if it's another time via our social channels uh, if we do have to change the time. Thank you so much for spending Web and Beyond Live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. On behalf of Web W3 Consulting and W3C Web Services, have a great week ahead, marketing and managing on the Web and Beyond. Take care, everybody.